Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Wednesday, August 4th, and you're listening to Rocket City Lit. We are taking a short break from our normal program to bring you a special look at the book of James. This is a separate podcast that our youth director, Ann Dillon, wrote and produced alongside Tara and myself. We'll be looking at each chapter of the book of James, and we'll be putting out two episodes a week. This was originally recorded for our youth, but we figured there's something in it for everyone. We hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, we'll be back with our normal program on August 16th. Welcome back, everyone, to our episode of Hearing and Doing, Discovering the Action of Faith. Uh, my name is Andalyn Laughlin. And, and I'm Brett Goodman. <laughs> and today we'll be diving into the next chapter of James. We'll be talking about chapter three today um, and how its a message can affect the journey of young people as they put their faith into action. But before we get started, Brett, will you open us in I'd love to open us in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, as we read your word, we pray that we would find something new. As we discuss your word, we pray that we would discover a new aspect of your love. And as we listen to the words being read, that we would go out and be transformed to be a new creation in you. Amen. Amen. So today our chapter, it talks a lot about the wisdom of words, which is a very applicable topic to people of all ages um, and of all walks of life. But our scripture selection today comes from James chapter 3, and it's verse 4 and 5, 7 through 12, and 16 through 18. Although ships are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human can tame the tongue. It is is restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere." Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. And Dylan, what are some of the initial takeaways you have from this scripture? Um, Well, there's there's a lot of great material that comes from this piece, but I specifically found it really interesting that it was talking about how we can't tame our tongue, like we don't have control over a part of our body. And I, I think that that's a really interesting just visualization of the lack of control that we have when we feel like we have every ability to say what we want to say and there's all these opportunities to use it in the way that we want to but in reality we have no control over the good and the bad of what we say and, and I think that that's a really interesting thought but it's also kind of scary. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's terrifying of like when you think of not being able when we think of the physical not being able to control how my arm moves or how my leg works like that's a really uh scary thought uh but it's important i think it's it's challenging because i mean this starts in the mind and in the heart and that's what comes out of the mouth and so when we think about what how is how is our tongue when we think about the physical, it's usually how it affects us, but the tongue affects other mm-hmm. people. And so this is a universal idea. And maybe we can, because, you know, we talk about words and it's no longer just the tongue, but it's the thumbs and the uh, fingers on the keyboard. Right, right. And I think it's interesting because sometimes with deeds, it's if we mess up, you know, we can do another something that we feel like has made that up. But mm-hmm. if, if it says, you know, can salt water flow from a freshwater stream, like you know, the things that we say really do affect our actions going forward. And I think that that's really interesting. And yeah, it's just a, it's just one of those physicalizations that you can. I'm really disappointed that you picked James for this podcast because, you know, I just prefer to stay away from books that convict me. (laughs) And so, and James is one that every time you read it, you're like, oh no, that's talking directly to me. I know it's, it's very unfortunate for us all. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps that's intentional. Um, Yeah, no, this, this is a very applicable concept for people of all ages and, and all, you know, periods of life in their faith. Um, But why do you think it's especially difficult growing up to control what we say or understand how what we say affects other people? I mean, I'll only speak to my experience, which hopefully people can relate to, but, you know, specifically with my family, I grew up with three brothers. And so like all of us, there was a deep desire to be seen and to be known. And at least in my family, it was, man, you are really seen when you say something funny. And it doesn't matter who you hurt in doing that. It doesn't matter who you have to step on. It was a ruthless, you know, cutthroat, pay attention to me uh, no matter what. And I think that maybe not in that exact situation, but I think that's what a lot of us are going through is uh, we want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be uh, valued by other people. And sometimes... um, Using our words to ostracize other people can lift us up or distinguish us, and then we're seen. Or we can, uh, you know, pointing out someone else's flaws with my words is like, well, I don't have those, so I'm feeling better. So I think that specifically growing up, as we are trying to figure out, you know, who is Brett Goodman, who is Ann Dillon, who is, you know, whoever is listening to this, as you try to figure out who that person is, you're saying things and you're testing the water of how they're responded being responded to and then you have to figure out is that actually who I am or who I want to be yeah totally and that's really interesting you bring that up because Tara and I in the previous episodes we talked a lot about how teenage years and and just growing up in general is all about testing those boundaries Hmm. how far can I push before something goes terribly wrong or I make a bad decision Hmm. and and is that the end all be all for me And, and so I think that's really interesting and I think we've also talked a lot about how much we all just desire to be an insider how that is just like at the core of who we are we want to feel included Mm -hmm. and and a lot of times once you feel that inclusion you forget how it felt to be on the outside and it's a lot harder somehow you get clouded by the by the excitement of being an insider and and it's 
and those uh, feelings of being on the outside and how other people are inevitably inevitably feeling, um, it, it, you don't show the same compassion that you wish someone had shown to you. So it can be a tricky cycle in that way. Yeah, and it's almost like, at least for me, it was you know less of, uh, do I want to be on the inside? I don't. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> but I don't want to be on the outside. Yes, it's exactly. it's you know it's like it's exactly. it's more of the fear of being on the outside. <laughs> Than really being in the group. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Because like you, like we know how what a horrible feeling that is. Yet we put others there so that we don't have so to. So we don't have to. Exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you know someone has to be at the end of the table of the group. (laughs) So you're like, you know, I I may not want to sit next to these may not be my best friends in the center. Like they may be at the other corner, but I don't want to be the last person on the end or like at the movies. Like you, you, you so desperately don't want to be the person that's on the outside yet. Do you really want to be the person that's on the end? It's such a complicated cycle. Yeah. I would always, I would always, when we would jump in a car to drive somewhere and, you know, there'd be five of us in a sedan and I'd always call middle, which even though it's the worst seat, I knew I wasn't going to be on the outside. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. And it's, and so in a way I like was making myself more uncomfortable (laughs) because I was so afraid of being then on the outside. No, that's exactly true. Absolutely. Um, So when we do, when we are on the inside, you know, and when we're inevitably on the outside again. Why do you think that the words that people say or the actions that they go towards, why does that affect us so much? Why does something, if we are, you know, told by our pastor, told by our parents or told by our siblings, like you matter, you are important. We care about you. We love you. Why does that affect us so deeply when someone tells us that we, that we don't, why does one negative thing affect all the positive? Yeah. Right. Like we can hear, you know, I love you over and over from our parents and then they can maybe in a moment of anger say something that's hurtful and that's the only thing we're going to focus on for the next year (laughs) right exactly Um, exactly. we we can we can be told and we can be shown love over and over and over again but the one slight the one hurt the one misunderstanding is what's going to stick with us um and i think that there's there's a couple reasons that for that and one of it is I think that in some way for us it's easier and it feels good to hold on to that it feels good to hold on to um, the word that slighted you um, because because that is something unique it's something out of the ordinary and so it's something that um, really strikes at our hearts and the other thing is you know because it may be something out of the ordinary, uh, if whereas someone who has received you know hurt from someone over and over again, another hurtful word isn't going to stay with them, but a loving word will. Yeah. And so when you've received one thing and then one thing happens in the opposite way, uh, it cuts even deeper in a way. No, absolutely, and I think that translates to anything. You know, you can get straight A's in one B minus, and the yeah. B minus is going to be Great. what haunts you, you know. And I remember Nick Saban. They they asked Nick Saban after this national championship. They were like, "How does it feel to win seven national championships?" And he's like, "Well, it feels great, but I'm haunted by the two that I lost." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting because we're constantly chasing that feeling that that will come with hard work or whatever if that's in God's will. But we're haunted sometimes by the one by the moments where what we wanted didn't happen or what someone said really affected us and. Even growing up as adults, there's moments of childhood or teenage years or college or anything that 
are in the back of your mind no matter what you go through but sometimes that's the part of you that that motivates you or, or brings you to prayer to to be able to learn and grow from that someone affected you in that way and I think that's what I liked specifically about this chapter is you know it it hit on all these really difficult things and and truths about who we are but it ends with mercy and hope mm -hmm. it ends with but this is how you combat a sword you can't or a tongue that you can't control is with God's mercy um, and so that is the hope for me that I can receive mercy from others and that I can give mercy myself because every single person I love and care about has used words against me and every person that I love and care about I've used words against yeah, in some way exactly sometimes unknowingly sometimes very knowingly <laughs> uh, and so the reality is is that you are going to need that mercy in your life for those relationships to continue yeah no definitely and how do you think that we can more actively be aware of that in our daily life like what are ways that we can put that into practice out in the world or even with our families at home well i think you know if the tongue is something that is that can be destructive i think the opposite or the antidote to that is is listening um, and so listening to the words that you're saying and then listening to how people respond. Uh, and so to be, it's, a, it's an awareness issue. Um, and then that listening also translates into prayer. Um, prayer isn't just speaking all the time, but prayer is listening um, to how the words and reflecting on the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because sometimes we say things in prayer and we're like, oh, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. I think it's something intentional that you have to, like you said, be aware of. And and a lot of times I think when we speak or when, we're, when we think we're listening, we're waiting for our turn to speak. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. that I find myself doing that all the time and I think we're all guilty of that. And so I think actually taking time to actively listen is is a part of being active in our faith. That's really important. And and that's and that's how you really show love to other people. Um, and obviously that is you know that that's an e it's, it's an easy thing to say of like you know how do you you know not get in a drink and driving accident don't drink or don't drive and right. so, and so <laughs> how do you how do you have your tongue you know not hurt other people don't speak right. and and that's not uh what i'm saying but you know take the time to reflect on what you've spoken and take the time to listen to how someone responds to what you've spoken absolutely about. and i think taking that experience of how we felt when other people have hurt us mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm putting that into action in the way that we move forward in treating other people. But thank you so much, Brett, for joining me. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next episode to start diving into chapter four of James. But I hope that you have been encouraged by what you've heard and will use this week to find new ways to put your faith into action. Amen. Amen.